the, the privilege of um, welcoming and introducing Reverend Dr. John Chongyo. Uh, uh, pastor John is the pastor at Cosmopolitan uh, Church, our sister church, who we work with at the Proviso Pantry and just have a great relationship. We've we've uh, we've visited their church a couple of weeks ago, and they visited ours. And um, uh, he's also the uh, professor at the University of Chicago, Chicago uh, Divinity School. And so please welcome Pastor John. that a group of young football players in a Bible study together at nearby Farragut High School, along with their, their coach, began to hold talks and meetings with the community to try and determine and address the most pressing needs of their neighborhood. Now, during these community meetings, a recurring theme was present. North Lawndale was sick. Their neighborhood was suffering not from a pandemic of any single disease like, like we just experienced, but an overall public health crisis. Now, I'm speaking directly to some of the people who were part of this effort in the 1970s, and for them, facing this particular need was very difficult. And despite these issues in their neighborhood, these football stars right, were used to discipline, they were used to hard work, they were certainly willing leaders, as demonstrated by their willingness to hold these community conversations. But when facing a public health crisis, it was very apparent to these high school students that they were not doctors, right? They're not doctors. North Lawndale, in that time, didn't have any doctors. And good health care, despite the fact that Chicago has renowned hospitals all over the city, Good health care was financially inaccessible to most of the neighborhood. And so I guarantee you, and I know for a fact from speaking with them, that there was a moment that even these very driven and committed students asked themselves, who are we to address this need? What resources do we have that can meet this need? And so like the disciples in our story, these young men probably looked at themselves, their backgrounds, their skill sets, the resources that they had around them, and they said to themselves, like the disciples, looking at this multitude, how are we going to feed them? How are we going to give health care? 
Like the disciples, they said, we are in a desolate place. But friends, today when you drive down to North Lawndale, while it's still a neighborhood that is beset with challenges, the most prominent edifice that you will see driving down Ogden Avenue when you get off the highway is the Lawndale Christian Health Center. It's an organization that serves 120,000 unique patients every year, most of which live below the poverty line, most of which are on Medicaid, most of which are on a sliding scale for their medical care. But this health center is not only a clinic that does doctor's visits, it promotes health in other ways. It has a state-of-the-art community fitness center. It has a state-of-the-art hydroponic farm that gives out fresh vegetables. It has its own pharmacy, a dental and eye clinic, and maternity services that delivered over 1,000 babies last year. And in 2020, at the height of the pandemic, it had one of the largest and most comprehensive programs to care for COVID-19 patients experiencing homelessness in the world, a program that was lauded on news outlets like the Chicago Tribune, the Wall Street Journal, MSNBC, and NPR, all from the faith, the drive, the willingness of a group of high school football players. Now, people of God, like the story of the feeding of the multitude, like Lawndale Christian Health Center, many times the greatest social goods begin with a work of small faith. Sometimes the greatest miracles and sometimes the greatest acts of faith begin with moments of self-doubt. But despite the doubt, despite the magnitude of the issues that we see around us, we are called, all of us personally, individually, to faith in Christ. <clears throat> and by that faith, to go then and impact the world. As John Wesley famously said, we are called personally by Christ to do all the good that you can, by all the means that you can, in all the places that you can, at all the times that you can, to all the people that you can, as long as ever you can. Church, we can focus so much in this quote on the doing of all the good, because it's repeated so many times, <clears throat> that we forget that we miss that the call to do this good is to you. Do all the good you can. Christ, <coughs> excuse me, Christ calls us to himself first. Christ calls you first to faith. And then he sends us out into the world to do all of this good. Now, for some of us, the knowledge that these social issues, the feeding of the hungry in the food pantry, the addressing of health needs in a place like Lawndale, COVID-19, racism, asylum seekers coming from Texas, the magnitude of these social 
needs that we need to address, that we are called as Christians, that we are called as a church to address, it can be really scary that the beginnings of these great works come to us and start with a call to personal faith. For some of us, doubt, insecurity, inadequacy are constant companions that walk with us through every moment of our lives. For some of us, doubt may be an occasional or new acquaintance brought on by some sort of loss, some sort of change in your life circumstances. We, we come to realize we don't occupy the same social status that we once did. We might be dealing with the loss of a loved one. We might be dealing with the diminishment of our physical capacity or our financial capacity. We're dealing with some sort of change in our situation that tells us, look, I'm just not there. I'm just not capable. I can't be the one right now that goes and addresses these kinds of needs. But church, whether self-doubt is a part of your personality or whether it is brought up by circumstances, can be a hindrance to doing the things that God has commanded us to do and becoming the people, the faithful people that God has called us to be. So how do we get from this desolate place, desolate of resources, desolate of soul, how do we get from an attitude of send these people away? For we are in a desolate place with no resources of our own. How do we get from there to the miraculous feeding of the multitude? How do we get from we're football players, not doctors, to the Lawndale Christian Health Center? Well, folks, the Bible, our passage today seems to tell us that what it takes is a change of heart and also a change of question. Instead of asking like the disciples about the things that we lack, instead of pointing out that we are in a desolate place, instead of focusing on our personal inadequacies to answer the call of Christ, we must instead ask about the things we have. What have we got? What have we got? We must also ask then and move from, who am I, Lord? Who am I, Lord, that you would send me? The question of Moses when God called him to free his people from Egypt. We must get from that question of, who am I, Lord, that I should go? To the answer of Samuel of, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, ready to fulfill the cause of Christ. What have we got? Who do we have here? Here am I, Lord, send me. These are the things that Jesus asks when the disciples express their doubts about feeding the multitude. Now, oftentimes, blessed with the gift of hindsight, we're quite hard on these disciples, right? These men that walked with Jesus should have known better. They should have had more faith that Jesus would come through. But if we're honest with ourselves, church, we've often heard the commands of God to feed the hungry, to comfort the sick, or to do justice. And we react with the same trepidation. We react with the same angst. We react with the same thought process that we are in a desolate place. For example, if we see a homeless person on the street, 
Even if we give them some small gifts, we know that not one of us, nor even all of us collectively as a church, has enough resources to set up all of those experiencing homelessness with the resource stability that they require. Right? Like the disciples, we say, send them away. Let them find their own food, even if we give them some small gift. Like the disciples, we focus on what we lack. We, we focus on who we are and our inadequacies. And we shift the responsibility to answer God's command to anyone but ourselves. We say, send them away. But church, this is not what Christ calls us to do. It is not what Christ calls the disciples to do. When the disciples ask Jesus to send the crowd away because they are in a desolate place, Jesus says, no, no. You feed them. You feed them. You are called to respond to this need. And in this call to respond to this incredible need, this, this hunger of the multitude, when we look at the enormity of the issue, we so often miss that in that statement, you feed them. Christ, first and foremost, before he calls us to address the need, is calling us to faith. They are in a desolate place. They don't have resources. There is no way, normally, that without Jesus, these disciples can feed this multitude. There is no physical way. It would take almost 200 denarii, almost a year's worth of labor, the salary for a year's worth of labor, to feed even a basic meal to the assembled crowd. And Jesus' disciples are poor. They're walking with Jesus. They left everything to go and follow Jesus. So even 20 denarii, a tenth of the, of the money that was needed would have been an immense sum to them. So friends, sometimes the obvious resource, the thing that would so easily fix the problem, the capacity that would allow us to address a need is something that we don't have. But Jesus does not focus on what the disciples lack. Jesus does not focus on your inadequacies. Instead, he asks, what have you got? And he says to you, how many loaves have you? And he assures you that in faith, in faith, bring me these five loaves. Bring me these fish. Bring me what you have. Bring me who you are. And I can meet this need. You know the rest of the story. From those five loaves and two fish and disciples who were scared, disciples who saw only an immense need and a desolate place. From those, from those things, from those people, Luke tells us, all were fed and all ate abundantly. And even more than that, there were still baskets left over because of the abundant feast and the abundant power of the Lord. Church, in an interview with Forbes magazine published early in 2020, Wayne Gordon 
who was the coach of those high school football players from Lawndale and is now the current pastor of the Lawndale Community Church, admitted that when they first began their community organizing, they too focused on what they lacked. They too focused on their inadequacies. They focused on the fact that they didn't have the kind of money needed to pay for health care for all those in the community who needed it. They had the same mindset as the disciples. We are in a desolate place. But Wayne said to Forbes magazine, of all places, Forbes, the financial magazine, when you don't have money, you get creative. You use whatever assets you have. You walk in faith. And so what Wayne had were friends who were doctors and a group of young people committed to doing all of the work to make sure that those doctors could serve in their community. And what those football players and their coach all those 30 years, 40 years ago now, 50 years ago now, what they had, if not money, if not resources, if not doctors, was faith. And from that faith, the United States' largest faith-based federally qualified health center was formed, not from some massive reserve of capital, but from a spirit of service and the skills of a few and the faith of individual persons. Now, beloved of God, you may not be a doctor. You may not even be a community organizer. You may not even have bread. You may not have fish. But maybe you have time, time to volunteer at the food pantry that we work together on Saturdays to put on for over, what, 90 families, 80 families every Saturday, Jerry? Maybe you do have money and you don't have time. Give money. Maybe you have a heart for the kingdom of God. Maybe you have not a faith right now that can move mountains, but a faith like a mustard seed. Whatever it is that you've got, whoever you are, you are called personally by God to follow Christ. You are called publicly to do the will of God and the work of justice. God calls you. God loves you. God uses you and God equips you. Friends, perhaps the doubt that you feel is more than the, than the lack of resources. We worry not about what, we'll feed, what we will feed people with, but who we are to do the feeding. And yet I remind you again, Christ calls us, Christ calls you personally, individually. You are called to faith worked out through love and the work of faith, which is to love our neighbors and to love God. You are meant to be both fed by the bread of life for the salvation of your soul and the renewal of your spirit, and also to feed the hungry in spirit and in body for the glory of God. You are called, as John Wesley says, in a personal way. You, you are called to do good in a public and social way. You. You, child of God, are called to do all the good you can, 
by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, to all the people you can, for as long as ever you can. And you have what it takes if you just take that one step of faith. Amen. Pray with me. Lord God, we know that even the faith that is in our hearts is a work of your spirit and your gift of grace to us. Lord, in faith, let us come to you with our resources, with the people that we are, not the people who we are not, not the idealized versions of ourselves, but Lord, let us come to you as we are, who we are, and in faith know that even if we are in a desolate place, even if the magnitude of the social ills around us seem insurmountable, seem impossible, that if we but bring ourselves as we are and what we have to you, that Lord God, you in your mercy, you in your infinite power, you in your infinite capacity and grace, you who began a good work in us are faithful to see it to completion and even more so to abundance. We thank you for this gift, Jesus. We thank you for this gift, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.